the What's on Reading podcast, brought to you with Atlantic Garden Media. Hello and welcome to the March edition of the What's on Reading podcast. And we are recording today, not as with the previous uh, couple of times backstage at the Hexagon, we are today out on location in the legendary Purple Turtle to talk to the Purple Turtle and also to Reading Film Theatre and also to Basildon Park. Now, I know what you're thinking. What on earth could connect those three Reading organisations? And I'll tell you, all three of them are celebrating massive birthdays this year. The Purple Turtle is 30, the RFT is 50, and Basildon Park is part of the National Trust, and they're celebrating 125 years this year. So... I think, first and foremost, a big happy birthday to all three of you. And I'm going to introduce my guests. Uh, from the Purple Turtle, we have Stuart. Hello, good afternoon. From Reading Film Theatre, we have Juliet. Hello. And from Basildon Park, we have Jen. Hi, thanks for having me. It's quite all right. Thank you for coming. Big birthdays, big celebrations, lots of history, especially for the National Trust. I'm, I'm guessing Basildon Park is actually older than 125 years <laughs> itself. There'll be no shortage of stories, I'm sure, today. So we're going to go around the table. And, uh, and speak to each of our guests in turn. Before we do that, I just want to point out that we're recording this on the stage, so there will inevitably be some background noise from the, the punters who are coming in. Stuart, thank you, A, for having us here at the Purple Turtle. Can you tell us a little bit about the place and your place within it? The story goes back to 1990 uh, with uh, two guys, Danny and Greg, the two uh, owners of the, the wonderful Purple Turtle. I joined them 22 years ago. Uh, so I, I do know a fair bit about the history. <laughs> I've been involved in, it, in a few changes over the years, and, and it's been a wonderful journey getting from when we, where we were to a small venue the other side of time, which has now got the Oracle built on top of it, to uh, where we are with a, with a great venue, which has had a major refit five years ago, and looking at further expansion plans in the future again. Stuart, we're on the stage, as so many local bands especially, and not so local acts, have been... And I dare say there's been a fair few bigger names that have graced this stage over the, uh, maybe not this exact stage, because I know that it was put in in the in the, the refit five years ago, but uh, who have graced the Purple Turtle stage of some kind? Well, I mean, I'll give you an indication of uh, one or two of the acts that I've performed. Some of the more modern ones that, um, that are some of our younger listeners may understand, the Amazons, which have done brilliantly in the last five years. Sundara Karma, another young band which launched their career here in the Purple Turtle. Um, but... Slightly more older ones, uh, but more my age group might get better. We had Glenn Matlock in here last Sunday night from the Sex Pistols. You uh, brilliant really night. get much bigger than, than the Sex Pistols <laughs> when it comes to British music. Do you? I mean, obviously, you do get bigger because there's the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But then I yeah, think Sex Pistols are probably the next most influential after that. Earl Slick, who was the lead guitarist with David Bowie for three of his albums. And there's quite a few ladies down here for that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mongo Jerry. Here last year, Don Letts, Gino Washington, I mean, the list goes on. Even for the younger guys downstairs with the more club map, Fabian Groove Rider, the godfathers of drum and bass. I mean, we do a lot here, crossing all genera from 18 to 80. It's really good fun. It really is everything. You've got your annual blues festival that I know about. That's brilliant. Uh, I've, been, I've been to that 
for, for many, many years. Uh, Can I just add on that one this year, a little bit of self-promotion, Dr. Feelgood headlining this year, so I think that's one for the masses. That's great, thank you. We'll move on to Juliet from Reading Film Theatre. Reading Film Theatre is Reading's only independent cinema. It's not actually a theatre, it's a film theatre, which is a cinema. We're based at Reading University, but we're open to everybody from um, university and town and surrounding towns. We show the best in independent and foreign language films. We show films twice a week during the university term time and what makes us unique is that we are run almost entirely by a team of very committed volunteers. We have about 50 volunteers at any one time. We rely on our volunteers for choosing films, for doing box office duties on the night. Um, some of our volunteers are the trustees of our um, our organisation which is a registered charity and this year we're celebrating 50 years of bringing independent cinema to Reading. Off the top of my head I can think of so many great films that have come out in that time. Which films have, have been sort of highlights of, of the calendar in, in all those years? Well we asked our audience and members exactly that question. We trawled through all our films, all our brochures from the last 50 years and we picked out the films that we thought would still appeal now. And we got our audience and our members and anybody else who was looking on our website to vote for their top films from the 50 years. We have the three winning films and we are going to show those on various nights throughout 2020. Thanks very much to a kind donation from the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Reading, we'll be able to offer those for free. And can you, can you tell us what those films are, or is, it, is, is the result... Oh, you, OK. It is, it is public knowledge now. If Excellent. you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. <laughs> um, so at the end of this season, we're showing the third winning film, which is the Italian film Cinema Paradiso, a beautiful classic movie. It will be screened on the 26th of March. Tickets are free and available on our website. We do recommend advanced booking, so please look on our website. We will be showing at the end of the summer season in May, we'll be showing our second winning film, which is um, Three Billboards in um, Ebbing, Missouri. And at the end of the autumn season, we'll be showing our winning film, our top winning film, which is Amelie, the French film. Well, if those three films don't sort of sum up the RFT, I don't quite know what does. The best of, of independent international cinema and... I guess, independent but still mainstream Hollywood yes, cinema. Yeah. All fantastic movies, all of which I managed to miss first time. <laughs> well, I mean, you better come along. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to do my best to, to get along to at least one of those. We show a lot of foreign language movies, a lot of small independent movies, but also quite a few of the um, mainstream movies. But we pride ourselves on showing a number of films that won't be shown anywhere else around the town. It's fantastic. I remember when I first came to Reading many, many years ago, the uh, Reading Film Theatre was one of the first sort of organisations I sort of bumped into, I suppose. I've seen many a great film there. And on Moldavar or two in my time. We always show they're very <laughs> popular. We also, our patron is Peter Strickland, who was a student at the University of Reading and is now a film director. And whenever he has a new film, we always show that. And he very kindly comes along and does a Q&A session. And our audience just loves him. So we, we always do put those films on when they, as soon as we can, as soon as they become available. So we're going to move on to Jen from Basildon Park. Hello. 
<laughs> Slightly cheating because Basildon Park itself is not celebrating a birthday, but the National Trust is. Yes. I guess then the question is, what is Basildon Park's connection with the National Trust? How far does that go back? And for those who've never been, what is Basildon Park? So Basildon Park has been looked after by the National Trust for about 42 years now this year. And it was donated in 1978 by Lord and Lady Iliff, who um, really rescued it from, it was derelict, it had been used first and second world war as a prisoner of war camp it had no no glass in any of the windows no floors the ceiling there's there was a fire and the floor was, had all gone um, so they really brought it back to life they completely redecorated it restored it they there was nothing inside the house so they collected antiques and really what you see today looks like an 18th century home but really it's a 1950s interpretation of that so it's really a modern interpretation if you want it's got central heating and bathrooms in it <laughs> but yeah it was given to the National Trust it's got beautiful parklands beautiful woodland walks so it's really got something for everybody and it was also a filming location for Downton Abbey as well so we get a lot of people come in to see us because they love the show yes that's that's a really good point about it as well wasn't it in the film version of pride and prejudice yes, if memory it was. serves yes in the dining room it was the ballroom scene i believe it was the one with kira knightley in it as well so we all have famous connections then yeah. i suppose <laughs> big names have, have appeared on all stages i guess that's, that's another thing we all have in common my next question and i'm going to sort of cast this open to everyone is what are the, the sort of the highlights of your histories Liam gallagher i think is a bit of a name in, in, in the uk i think we've all come across him one way or the other um we uh, we had a very expensive um spanish brandy in the house it cost about 185 pound a bottle well um Liam came down here one night and polished off the whole bottle. Ended up um, finishing off this night, actually, speaking with Danny, the owner, in his office. So that, that was quite fun. I suppose the second would be Mr. Majenski, also rather famous in the town. <laughs> After copious amounts of red wine, which I don't mind saying, stood on our table in here on the first year that Reading got promotion to the Premier League with the whole of the team and the manager. Uh, that was absolute bedlam and really good fun night out. Sir John standing on a table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Filled with red wine. I, c I can actually picture it. So, John, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> for the memories. <laughs> thank you for the memories, exactly, yes. And it's still available on YouTube now. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up after we finish recording. Who wants to go next? Uh, Lord and Lady Iliff had... Um they loved hosting parties. They had a very glamorous friends, such as Princess Grace of Monaco. And one of their friends was the artist Sir Graham Sutherland, who created the tapestries in the Coventry Cathedral. You know, the modern one. Oh, yes. If you go into the mansion now, the room on the right-hand side is the original kind of paintings the tapestries were made from. So that's a really interesting thing to look at if you do oh, come wow. visit us. Graham used to come to the parties that they would host there as well. So he saw the pictures and thought... I'm going to make a tapestry out of that. Oh, they are his paintings, oh, but they are right. in the house, yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Juliet. We have a number of events where we tie up with local organisations or with film directors. For example, the Reading Refugee Support Group. We always show a film with them um, to commemorate Refugee Week. We'll be doing the same this summer. We'll be showing a film with them, and that will be followed by a Q&A and panel discussion. But it's worth mentioning also that our president, Sir Kenneth Branagh, did a, a personal video message for our audience when we screened his film Murder on the Orange Express. Oh, wow. That was very memorable. 
Does he ever pop down? Or is he, is he a bit too busy these Unfortunately, days? Unfortunately, he hasn't made an appearance that, that I can remember in my years as chair, but um, he is a local Reading resident, or was a local Reading resident, yes. so one is always hopeful. Yes. So, obviously, you've all been going for, for many, many years now, and I guess the, the question that comes from that is, is how do you keep going for as, as long as you all have? What are the, uh, the, sort of the, the hurdles that, that come with continuing to do what you do for so long? It is more difficult out there now in the world that I'm involved with in regards to alcohol sales. It's much more complicated. We fully understand as a, uh, as a retailer of alcohol the responsibilities we have within the community now. And, but it, it doesn't stop us trying to push forward to encouraging people to come out to enjoy themselves. And we have actually taken on board the fact that it's not all just about getting people out to drink for the authorities to clean up afterwards. We are trying to give people reasons to come out where it's a good night's entertainment. It's not just for a bunch of 18, 19 year olds to come out and, and uh, shall we say, make life more complicated for others in the streets. We look at putting on entertainment that will bring people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even their 70s actually out to enjoy themselves. Like on the Sunday just gone, a Glenn Matlock show on the Purple Turtle. I was here myself celebrating my own birthday. I was the youngest person here. And I'll let you know, I'm in my 50s now, so I, <laughs> I mean, that says an awful lot about what we're trying to achieve as a venue. Really speaking, it is like being out, being out ahead of the curve, knowing what you're doing, having a plan, and not just expecting because we're open, people are going to turn up, because that will not happen. We have been struggling, it's true to say, um, and we were worried at one stage that our 50th year would also be our last year. Audience <laughs> numbers are dropping nationally, and we reflect the national trend. Independent cinema in particular, our overheads are high, and our income is from ticket sales. So a lower audience means lower income. We would love to be able to serve the alcohol that you serve in the Purple Turtle, but unfortunately we're not. Most cinemas now make their money also from refreshments and alcohol sales. We were very fortunate earlier this year when we thought things were really at crunch point to have a generous donation from our president, Sir Kenneth Branagh, and that has fortunately helped us to continue, along with also a rent holiday from the University of Reading, which will help us to continue to offer independent cinema. Oh, wow, that's, that's fantastic. Sir Ken, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you from <laughs> RFT. Yes, uh, Reading University, if you're listening, thank you as well. Thank you from <laughs> RFT as well. Well, if you get some, if you get some uh, information out to me, we will advertise you here oh, on right. the screens and inside, outside, and uh, do every can to, to help keep you going you. for another 50 years. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and Jen, I guess, I mean, that it's probably a slightly different story with the National Trust, but I guess the upkeep of a stately home is, is never going to be quick run a dust around it, is it? Yes, um, I think um, every week the National Trust spends about three million pounds on conservation. So we're a conservation charity and we, as a property, as the other properties do, want to encourage people to return for return visits, which every time someone visits us, obviously we get more income, which means we can do more projects. So on a property level, we've got obviously seasonal changes, people come and see the bluebells or come and see us at Easter or at Easter trails but then we also have exhibitions so for example we've got our new installation called Injury Me a Journey which is um, where we worked with the Reddin Indian Centre to talk about their personal stories of migration and we based it around this wallpaper in the garden room it was printed by a French artist who'd never been to India so we brought the community in and they told us by looking at the wallpaper you know what, what's wrong about that what, what would that smell like what would that sound like and we've created the soundscape as you walk in so you can hear you can hear elephants 
you can hear people rowing the boat for example or chanting singing and we've got their oral histories you can sit down and listen to them or see them projected on the wall so it's a really immersive wow. experience so yeah and we've got quite excitingly we've got um, in the summer the National Portrait Gallery is closing for a while I don't know if you know for refurbishment so we'll be taking on one of their exhibitions um, oh, wow. I think it's from July till September yeah so we've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to which will bring people back to see new things every time which uh, I think brings us nicely to my next question which is with your big birthdays what events do you have planned to celebrate what the National Trust is really asking their supporters to do is like fundraise for these projects that we're doing so we've got people pledging to run 125 miles over the year or maybe have a bake sale and make £125 to donate to a project at your favourite local property for example and then on a property level as well we're doing um, a midsummer picnic on the summer solstice obviously it's a time where visitors don't usually see the property but the sunset on the house is just stunning so we're hoping to invite visitors to go in front of the lawn and just relax and just it is you know the beautiful light wow so yeah that's that's what we're planning so yeah we'll head to our website for more details when we do arrange it absolutely and rft obviously we've heard about the the three big birthday films but is there anything else there certainly is we're working on with reading museum we'll be having a big exhibition later this year um, of the history of rft we have some original artifacts we have original programs of films One of our volunteers who was a film student at Reading is making a short film about the history of RFT and that will be shown at the exhibition. So we're very excited about that. We had earlier in the year a competition for somebody to design a special logo which would incorporate our 50 years. Anybody looking on our website or on our brochures will see the result of the competition. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Stuart? The way we looked at it was we are going to do one event for each one of the years. So we're in 30 events throughout uh, 2020 uh, to reflect different aspects of um, things that we've done over the years. Uh, some of the stuff we've got coming up really is quite interesting. Like March, for example, we're doing Femme Month. So everything in the arts for the females in Reading, uh, it's a really big month for us. We've got some really great shows lined up. So that, that's quite exciting. Later on in the year, we're doing a reforming of some old bands oh, which really? um, haven't played together for quite a year or two. Now, that could be interesting <laughs> how it's going to be, but we're all quite excited about it. One of the ones we've reformed coming back later in the year is Electric Groove Temple, which had a massive following going back 20-odd years ago. So that should be quite good fun, and they're doing that for us as part of our 30-year celebration. Oh, wow. We have one or two other bands been reforming, which I'm not going to mention who they are yet, which also could make quite a... Quite a good noise in the town, but that's really been part of the idea. Table football competitions, um, something that we've always always had in the Purple Turtles, a foosball table. We're just going to explore things we've got, get people excited in what we have done and some exciting things in the future. We have gone backwards to go forwards by producing a newspaper, but that's a good thing or a bad thing, we're not sure yet. We're trying to move people <laughs> away from the internet, make them read something tangible. It's an exciting year with some really, really cool events coming on. Re- read the paper or go online. That does sound exciting. 30 events for 30 years and hope you've not made a rod for your <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. at the start of the year <laughs> yeah, yeah. and by the end you're just like ah we've got 29 what else do we do? <laughs> three films for 50 years is much more manageable at this <laughs> and raising 125 pounds selling cakes is also probably a bit more manageable but they all sound equally exciting in their own ways and you're all three fantastic reading institutions and the town is very much better off to have you all here and to have had you around for so long which feels like a sensible way to wrap things up but 
before we go, I have one last thing. I've got you all a birthday card. Oh. <laughs> so, Thank it's you. for you. Thank you. It's for you. That is for you. Mm-hmm. And we'll get some photos of, of you opening them. I'd like to thank all three of my guests for their time today. Thank you to Stuart. Thank you very much. Thank you to Juliet. Thank you for inviting us. And thank you to Jen. Thank you. And don't forget, you can find out all about all these fantastic organisations and many, many more on the What's On Reading website, whatsonreading.com. And we will be back for another podcast next month. The What's On Reading podcast was produced by Atlantic Garden Media.